Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Bruce Stewart-Brown. He's a veterinarian and senior VP of live production at Purdue Farms. It's great to have you here, Bruce. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. The U.S. poultry industry has been uh, really expanding uh, its focus on salmonella because they're not just looking at processing, they're now looking at live production as well. And uh, certainly you've had a lot of experience with that, and that's what I'd like to talk with you about today. Um, I, I remember uh, in a discussion that we had last year with some veterinarians, you talked about focusing on the farms that have repeat problems, uh, which makes a lot of sense, but I guess it's not just the frequency, but probably the type of salmonella that you're seeing on these farms. Yeah, I think it actually is uh, it's three things. Um, um, perhaps the uh, strains of salmonella a farm might have, uh, the frequency as in the number of birds, as well as maybe the concentration of salmonella on farms. We studied a whole complex for several years, and this has been 10 years ago, looked at a whole range of farms through this whole complex of 150 farms. And what we found was there's a lot of them in the middle that have salmonella sometimes and a little bit and kind of inconsistent, but there's the interesting part was there were some farms that rarely had over a two-year time frame any salmonella and then there were some farms that almost always had a lot of salmonella. So we ended up kind of trying to study these two kind of edges of the bell-shaped curve. And what have you learned? So after we, we, we actually, I'm gonna say another thing, we, we did this twice, or we've done this a couple times. We did it with salmonella and then we did it with Campylobacter here in the last several years, uh, looking at the, the same idea. And uh, honestly, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to get to the common things. One thing that, that you come to is a conclusion that management can matter. These are the same breeder flocks, these are the same breeds, the same feed coming from the same hatchery, yet they turn out differently. So there's something about the farm that's significant. Really good paws are positive for food safety. And that's a weird uh, connection unless you go this way, which is really good healthy feet generally come from very dry litter. And very dry litter tends to not support bacteria. And the bacteria such as Salmonella and Campylobacter are inhibited or, or reduced in really dry litter flocks. So, so we've spent a lot of time uh, on litter quality and feet uh, quality, uh, foot health, uh, to actually end up uh, with a food safety uh, intervention, if you would. So is it safe to say that the, the foundation of your control efforts would be environmental? It is safe to say that we, we spend more time on the environmental component of broiler food safety or live side food safety at the broiler level than we would on some other things. First of all, there's really another cool thing about environmental approaches is that they generally have a good effect on all bacteria and all salmonellas, whereas most of the interventions like vaccines and some other things are really specific to a particular kind of salmonella. Mm -hmm. So if you work on management techniques and management things, you get some health components, E. coli is in there as well, and some other kind of clostridial pieces that are kind of sitting over here in, in poultry health, uh, but you get this food safety opportunity as well. So it's a very holistic, if, if you would, uh, kind of an intervention. It, it, it's interesting to hear you talk about that because I know that obviously salmonella is a bacterium 
yet Purdue Farms has also been one of the leaders in the industry with no antibiotics ever production. Is there, there a link between the two? Is Do you manage salmonella differently in a no antibiotics ever environment? So, you know, the no antibiotics ever piece and the food live side food safety piece have come together all in the context of taking care of chickens in a different way and managing the environment in a different way. So to be successful in, in, in reduction in, of use of antibiotics and be successful in no antibiotics ever, uh, says that, well, we better work on this environment in particular such that even if we were going to use antibiotics whenever we wanted to, we wouldn't because it would be a waste of time and, and money. So, of course, we, we treat flocks that are sick, those kinds of things, but the part about managing chickens in such a way that the litter's dry, the air's good, there's uh, space for chickens, and all of our animal care initiatives over the last several years have actually been aimed at uh, the no success in no antibiotics ever as well as reduction of food safety uh, kind of organisms. Now we talked about environment but you also mentioned management before and management involves people. What does it take? What kind of people do you have to have on those farms to make sure that they stay relatively clear of salmonella? It is super important, uh, the people part of the management of farms in general, not just food safety but, but all aspects. And the first thing you kind of need is, some, is a farmer to care, you know, actually to, to kind of care what, what, what part of this that role they play and also to make it kind of clear how they can make a difference. So those two, two things are really big. Do, can, you, can you say it in such a way that they care enough to, to, to listen? And the second thing is, that can you be clear enough on how they might make a difference for them to actually do, do those things? So for instance, in, in biosecurity, we, we struggled for many years. Everybody hates a biosecurity talk. It's just su super boring, right? And, and repetitive and da-da-da, all that. Well, we created this uh, biosecurity risk assessment that actually we've talked about at the meeting that goes in every house that raises our chickens, you go in and you see a number on the wall and it's related to how risky they are as it relates to biosecurity. And that risk has to do with food safety organisms as well. One of the things we found about that is when you ever, ever you give a farmer a score, now you have a little bit their attention because you could say, look, your number, uh, is uh, 800. The average for all the farms is 500. You are higher than normal. That's not good. Well, if you start with that, then they go, well, I don't like being, I do not like being worse than average, certainly. So tell me what I did that made my score so high. Now, now, you, have, now you have an audience. Are there other common denominators? We've talked about people. We've talked about environment. Uh, are there some other things that you're seeing on either the I hate to say that the good farms are the bad farms in terms of salmonella uh, that, that have helped you maybe balance it out a little bit more. Well, initially another thing that, that came up was farm size. Uh, the, let's say the better numbers had a tendency to be from a little bit smaller farms. And that's interesting. Uh, having said that, when we got looking at it, it, it probably wasn't the size of the farm as much as the as the number of people working uh, within a c the context of the number of chickens. So some f 
some big farms are, are, are super well managed and, 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 and they, would, they would be in the low salmonella range as well, uh, but, but it depends on how many folks help them and how well their help is trained, right? So you go to some one house farms, the only people working there are the, far, the farmer that owns and maybe the family that owns the, the house. So they have lots of labor, they have lots of, of time in the chicken house. So time in the chicken house is, is something, time with people that care is not an easy metric to build, but you probably should. And is there a way that you can help your contract growers do that? So just constantly, uh, the way to help folks is again, uh, give them a little feedback on where they sit. The second thing is to, to communicate the things that make a difference and to be very simple and clear with it. Don't get too complicated too fast. Uh, look, here's, here's, here's what I think of your farm as it relates to food safety. Uh, here's why and here's how it could be better and, and name two or three things and then show them that they're the feed and give them some feedback over time that that, that made a difference. That's really a powerful thing. We've talked a lot about salmonella, and certainly the rest of the industry has too, but we will have new performance standards for Campylobacter uh, coming out probably sometime next year. Um, when it comes to managing Campylobacter, is it, and that's a bacterium as well, is it pretty similar to what you would do for salmonella, or do you have to take a different approach? So I mentioned that we did this work uh, related to understanding a, a group of farms with salmonella. Well, we also did it in the last uh, several years with Campylobacter to understand what differences may or may not be, be from a live side perspective. And there's, these are two different bacteria. People like to talk about it all the time. And, and honestly, they do respond differently, but one of the things that's very much the same is this moisture piece. Salmonella does not like dry chicken houses, neither does Campylobacter. So, so it's different, yes, but there are really some common components on, on the live side, at least. If that particular farm is doing a good job with Salmonella, do you find they're doing a good job with Campy as well? Not always, but there's a tendency, you know, especially on these general things that, um, that really well-maintained and really well-managed uh, poultry houses um, generally that have practices in place to mm -hmm. lower bacteria. They have lower E. coli. We do total plate count, uh, which is a, as a, a metric to measure all bacteria. Salmonella and, uh, and E. coli included. So we do like total bacteria, then we look at Salmonella a little bit specifically sometimes, and other times Campylobacter a little bit specifically. And honestly, we're after the really general things that affect all bacteria. And I've heard it said that um you know, processing can't do it all. It really needs to be a, an integrated approach between your area, live production, and processing, and perhaps many other facets of the organization. Um, but, but they operate, you know, they have different profit centers within these companies. How do you bring live production and processing together for this common goal? Well, you have to have a leadership that allows you to do that. It has to, it has to be something that says, look at the highest level of the company we're, we're, we're looking at this holistically uh, brawler breeders, brawlers, live side piece coming into the plant, the plant 
then has its own kind of responsibilities. And, and in our company, it's a really, uh, it's a really multiple, multifaceted uh, kind of uh, approach to this. For instance, at the processing plant, we have seven different interventions, seven different opportunities to bring um, bacteria down. And we measure each one of those. And we expect them to, to, to show a log reduction uh, from the beginning to the end of that intervention. Measure it all the time. Put it up on a weekly chart. You know, this particular plant today, of their different interventions, five of them were getting a log reduction and two of them were getting a half log reduction. That adds up into six logs total. That's a relatively decent kind of mixture of things. So we do the same on, or we think the same way on live. If we're going to use an intervention on live, what, what's the expectation for it? Can it get a log reduction? Can it get a log and a half or two log reduction? If so, it can compete. It can actually can compete and, and win as it relates to all the different things you do. But honestly, it's been hard to find that kind of log reduction pieces coming from live interventions. So that's why the industry has tended to put a lot of pressure on the plant because you can see and you can measure and you can hold accountable uh, those interventions for what, what they've been described to do. Mm -hmm.